Welcome to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Heyman, a collaborative podcast with Pass It On Network. This program is brought to you by all of Community Services. Seniors deserve to have a fulfilling life with dignity and respect, but as we transition into our elderhood years, this doesn't always happen. Join us today as we discuss some of the most important issues that seniors face and provide much-needed answers to your questions. Now, here is Phyllis Amon. Welcome to Senior Straight Talk, presenting informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. I'm Phyllis Amon, your host. The show, which began in September of 2019, was formerly known as Voices for Elder Care Advocacy, and the library of all of the episodes can be found on the Voice America Empowerment Channel under the name Seniors Straight Talk. They can also be downloaded on popular podcast platforms. The show is now also syndicated on the Voice America Influencers Channel, so please remember to like, click, and share the episodes. For those listeners who are in what I call SOS mode, stressed, overwhelmed, and stretched, watch out for my free caregiver distress recovery challenge, helping caregivers find a path to bringing much needed self-care into their daily routine. It features empathy, my registered trademark, which is also the basis of a self-care commitment letter and teaches strategies from my proprietary framework for self-care, self-kindness, self-compassion, and self-forgiveness. They will help you feel recharged and re-energized as you face life's challenges. Family members considering taking on the role of caregiver or those just beginning the caregiver journey can find valuable information in my course, A Caregiving Guide for Caregivers, The Basics. My latest book, Dignity and Respect, Are Our Aging Parents Getting What They Deserve, is available on Amazon in both paperback and ebook formats. The book addresses critical information about how we care for and treat our elder citizens in our families, our communities, in nursing homes, and assisted living residences. I'm honored that Dr. Bill Thomas wrote the foreword for the book, so I hope you'll purchase a copy and encourage your friends and colleagues to do the same. Senior Straight Talk is proud of the collaborative partnership with the Pass It On Network, a global peer learning network for positive aging advocates and a member of the United Nations Open-Ended Working Group on Aging. Senior Straight Talk and the Pass It On Network continue bringing listeners informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. And I'm proud to have Olive Community Services, a nonprofit organization in Fullerton, California, as a Senior Straight Talk sponsor. Olive Community Services is dedicated to providing culturally appropriate services to the diverse senior population. And I'd also like to welcome the newest sponsor to Senior Straight Talk, Active Pure Technology, an active patent technology that is the clean air solution for COVID pollution. Active Pure Technology delivers measurable and guaranteed results giving you the peace of mind to know that you are providing a safe environment and the best protection for the people you care for, whether in your business or in your home. Before we begin, I always have to thank Peter DeGear of DeGear Therapy Services, who is a friend, a colleague, and consultant specializing in rehabilitation therapy services in nursing homes. And now, after all of that, I'd like to introduce today's guest. Mike Williston is both a co-founder and CEO of Satellite Displays. 
He is a results-driven entrepreneur who thrives in early-stage startups. As CEO, he is responsible for taking an idea to reality in his quest to transform the way we communicate. Satellite Displays created Badger, the world's first closed captioning smart badge that converts speech to text and translation in real time. Badger can also translate in 50 plus languages. His vision for the company is what excites his team to elevate to the next level. Mike has an extraordinary entrepreneurial journey from the time he was in high school to the present. And I want to welcome him now so he can have an opportunity to share some of that journey with the listeners. So welcome, Mike. I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Hi, Phyllis, and thanks for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. So um, tell, tell the listeners a little bit more about your entrepreneurial journey, because it is quite a, a fantastic story. At least I felt so. Um, yeah, of course. Um, so I started at a young age. Um, I was blessed to have parents that actually started their own landscape and construction business called IPS, Improved Property Services. So one of the things that I love to say is my dinner conversations were always business conversations. So I got to be front row on all the discussions. Um, when I was like 12, 13, 14, I used to go to the office with my mom and I would be like a secretary. I'd be answering the phone dealing with clients, uh, scheduling appointments. So I got an early taste of, um, uh, I guess, cold calling and sales. Um, after that, uh, they worked with mostly contractors, so commercial work, but we got a lot of inquiries on, um, on uh, like homeowner work and we used to have to turn it away because we were just really busy. So I kind of like snuck on the side and started doing some of this homeowner work. And my mom caught me and she was like, Mike, why don't you just start your own business? So that was like the first push into my entrepreneurial journey where I started MGW Contracting. And um, this was in high school. So I was like 16, 17 at the time. And I would do anything from cutting grass uh, to building patios and decks to fence work uh, to maintenance, um, power washing, snow removal. Um, I was kind of the guy like if you needed something done, I would say, yes, I can do it. And then I would go figure it out. So I ran MGW contracting in high school and all the way throughout uh, college. So I went to Monmouth University and I got a double major in business management and marketing. And I was uh, uh, lucky enough to get accepted into their accelerated MBA program. So I was able to go for my MBA in one year right after I graduated with my undergrad degree. And while I was uh, getting my MBA, I was also uh, the graduate assistant. So that was an exciting opportunity because um, school was always a big uh, thing in my family. Um, my dad uh, actually went to school to be a teacher. Unfortunately, uh, at that time, he had struggled to find a job in the teaching world. And that's what caused him to jump into the entrepreneurial world. Mm -hmm. My mother, on the other hand, um, when she was 18, instead of going to college, she actually flew out. We were located in New Jersey. She flew out to uh, California and started working for J&J. And at 18, she started off basically at the lowest level you could possibly do. And she worked her way up through marketing and sales. And then um, when my parents got married, my mom actually was funding my dad's business. And eventually it came to a point where my mom decided 
um, or I should say my dad uh, asked my mom to come on full time and then they became partners in improved property services and she quit J&J. So it's quite, uh, quite an a inspirational story. And I was blessed to have great parents that motivated me to do the same thing. And I kind of continue that same. So um, I like yeah. to say my dad, yeah, I like to say my dad is the visionary. My mom is like the behind the scenes business person and I'm a mix of both. I was just going to say, as you, as you were saying it, that it sounds to me as you, as if you are a mix of both of those, you have the best of both worlds and you bring, bring those both aspects of that to what you do. So let's talk a little bit more about Badger mm-hmm. and um, what it is and how it benefits people as it, as our first conversation went as a speech and language pathologist. I was just thrilled to find out about this because for many years, I've been talking about how we can develop bedside translation for people in many, many different situations. But tell uh, the listeners a little bit about how it came about and what exactly it is. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like most great inventions, you need to start with a problem. And the best problem to start with is a personal one. So um, the way Badger came about was um, my grandmother was deaf. My dad has severe hearing loss. I have a minor hearing loss and so does my sister. So uh, the problem of communication has always um, been present in my life. And it wasn't until my dad was in the hospital for 40 days, um, basically struggling and fighting for his life, where nurses and doctors had such a difficult time communicating with him that they would either opt out of communicating with him or wait for my mom to be there to be the interpreter. That's when my mom came up with the great idea of being able to handwrite notes on a notepad, the old fashioned way to just get a simple message to my dad. And the crazy thing is these nurses, it wasn't like they didn't want to communicate with them. It's that they really just didn't have the tools or the experience, or even the empathy to know how to communicate with him. It was such a struggle. And I, you could see they were getting frustrated. So I always like to say communication is a two-way street. There's the person listening and the person speaking. Correct. I just want to interject at that juncture because there have been many people, as you can imagine, working in 50-plus nursing homes that I had to use other forms of communication. There are many other forms of assisted devices to help people communicate, but the simplest one is really a writing pad. <laughs> Absolutely. And, it's the, the old fashioned way. And <laughs> interestingly enough, um, one of my specialties uh, for many, many years, or it was really my prime specialty for many, many years, was working with people who were ventilator dependent or who had tracheostomies. Now, people listening may not have known this before COVID, but those are people who are on respirators and ventilators because Mm -hmm. of respiratory conditions. And that's when people really started to know about it. But I've been doing this for many, many years. So while those people may be able to hear, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. They weren't able to communicate back until we got to the point where there was something I could do to help them communicate. So writing was obviously always the go-to, the go-to method, method, right, to communicate. So, I mean, it's the first and foremost, right? 
Yeah, and 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 it's amazing, and uh, it's just amazing how ideas develop. So my co-founder Peter Sprague, who is an exceptional entrepreneur, um, has the resume. If you take if you Google Peter Sprague, it's amazing, and you'll just be blown away. But he came up with the idea of putting captions on people, and that's when we met and we started discussing like where can we implement this. And then that's when I saw at uh, the hospital the firsthand experience. I, I went back to Peter and I said, like, look, every nurse, every doctor, every employee, if you go to CVS, Walmart, any kind of pharmacy, they're all wearing badges. And that badge will just say their name and it can scan in and out of places. I said, why not give it more digital powers? Let's be able to provide captions for these nurses and doctors, employees to have not only communication with the hearing impaired, the deaf, but also people who speak a different language. Because right. that is a challenge as well, because right. I don't know about you, but I don't speak any other languages. Right. And if I had to communicate with someone in Spanish, I don't know what I would do. So interestingly enough, several I said I've been talking about this for several years and um, it's at least um, maybe a, about five or six years ago. I was mm -hmm. working in a building now they, they used to have. Uh, they still do have it. There's a, you could call a number on the phone and it, it translates uh, whatever you want to say. But yep. if people are in a, whether it's a hospital or a nursing home, uh, who has the time necessarily to go to the telephone and bring the person to the telephone? Now people have uh, cell phones and now you could look up a Google, you know, Google Translate or some yep. app and that's true. However, it's still rather cumbersome. So yes. uh, this and this was kind of before all of that so much. So about five or six years ago, um, I was working in a uh, small nursing home and there were several people who spoke a different language. There were a couple of people who spoke Polish, both of whom had cognitive impairment. Another one, a gentleman with a cognitive, you know, it's pretty significant dementia. He spoke Italian. There was someone mm -hmm. else who didn't have any kind of cognitive impairment. He was there for short-term rehabilitation. He spoke French. So I suggested that at that time you were able to do, um, uh, whether it was Google Translate or whatever mm -hmm. other app you used, which I use because my, uh, you know, I communicate with people in different areas of my life. That's yeah, absolutely. Languages, and I always want to learn different phrases and expressions because as a, you know, I feel like that's a great form of communication and, and relatedness. So I had suggested that we, they had iPads, that they mm -hmm. uh, get the, these iPads, have one for each unit and mount them on like a, an IV pole or some pole that uh, this, this certified nurse aide could take to the person's room when they had to care for them. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they could turn on that app at that time and the person would be able to, it would translate what the person was saying, and it would translate what they were saying into that person's language. In addition to people speaking foreign, foreign languages, people have accents, people are here working from many other parts of the world, and sometimes what they're saying isn't easily understood. Well, it was a great idea. And of mm -hmm. course, I told them then they could market the fact that they can accommodate people who speak any language. But they didn't think that that was something they wanted to do. Very disappointing. And since that time, I have come across many people in nursing homes who do not speak the language. And it's very, very difficult. Um, I can't imagine if I was in whatever place, whether it's uh, Italy or 
Japan, wherever it is. China, yeah. Right, China. And I'm trying to convey something that is important to me about what I need or how I feel. And they're trying to ask me questions or tell me to do something. And there's a tremendous mismatch. And then we wonder why people are behaving in certain ways. A lot of it is because they just don't understand what people are saying to them. Exactly. And that is the problem. So most disabilities, and whether it's hearing loss or language barriers, um, is you can see it. So if I walk in and I have a broken leg, you can see like, oh, he needs help getting up the stairs or he needs to take the elevator or the escalator. With hearing loss, if I walk into a hospital, nobody can see it. It's a, right. and, and unfortunately, uh, it, it, we've been suffering in silence. So this is one of the first opportunities where you can really put captions on people and we're excited about it and we can't wait to bring it to market. So um, I understand that it can translate into 50 plus languages, which is mm -hmm. pretty extraordinary. Yes. Um, my, the question that I have that we've discussed before, and then I have in the second segment, we could talk about some other aspects of it, is how big is it and uh, how many words can it um, translate at a time? Yeah, so it's a, it's a 3.7 display. So it's about the size of a standard ID badge. Um, the, the product is called Badger, but the company is Satellite Displays for a reason. And the reason it's called that is because we do, like you said, plan on implementing larger screens for those people who have vision sight problems and things like that. And then there's other applications that we want to go. Um, in terms of the uh, how many words can fit on the screen, you could change the font size. So you can make it as small as you want or as large as you want. So it's all dependent. I don't have that number offhand. Um, and then uh, the translations are in real time. So as fast as the app can convert uh, the speech into another language or into just regular text, uh, it transmits it almost uh, instantly. Um, so there is a small lag, uh, but um, it's the closest thing to a real conversation where folks will be able to have a conversation and look at the person in the face. So um, that's an exciting opportunity because communication is more than just listening to the spoken word. Okay. It's about being able to see the eyes, the smile, uh, facial expressions, body language. It's, it's a, a number of things. And Correct. that is the challenge. And I always knew it, but never really realized it until this pandemic ha happened. So when we were innovating and creating Badger, I thought I was creating a device for the severe deaf and people like my father that have severe hearing loss. Then all of a sudden, everyone is masked up. I go into a grocery store, I go into a CVS, Walmart, I am absolutely useless. And I will let everybody know on this podcast right now that some of my closest friends didn't even know I had hearing loss until I started this business. But being able to walk into a store and someone's wearing a mask, I don't want to go. I wish they had badgers and I can't wait to be able to provide badgers and a solution for those folks that are struggling like me. Or even if you have good hearing, I bet you everyone that's listening right now has a story where they went to a store and was like, oh my God, I can't hear this person. Right. So that, that kind of brought awareness to this problem. It's always existed, but now everybody's like experiencing it. So it's kind of letting, uh, letting people know what it's like to have hearing loss. And I think it's something that needs to happen. And I don't even have to talk about just hearing loss because a language barrier is the same thing. Correct. If you're Spanish, if you're Chinese, if you're Japanese, anything like that, 
when you walk in and you don't know the native language, you're going to be more quiet. You're not going to speak up. You're not going to say like, hey, I didn't understand what happens because you have that fear of looking stupid or having somebody have to repeat themselves or a number of things. Like I always wonder, and I asked my father this, my dad is a in your face kind of guy, tells jokes, sometimes can't even get him to shut up at a party. And we said to him, why didn't you speak up to the doctor and tell him you couldn't hear? And he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't know. I was scared. And I think you had a story about, um, the experience of a doctor and patient uh, relationship. So, right. So it, it's interesting that that you're bringing that up. Uh, before that, I just I want to say this. You know, we're talking about masks uh, with COVID, mm-hmm. and I have told this to people many, many, many times over the last year and a half. So I uh, don't take the flu shot for whatever reason. I never have taken the flu shot, mm-hmm. and. Um, when I work in a nursing home, I have to, before I even go, I have to write if I have to sign if I'm willing to take the flu shot or if I've declined the flu shot. If I decline the flu shot, once flu shot, flu season begins, the instant there's an announcement and whoever has not taken the flu shot has to wear a mask the entire time they're in the building, no matter where they are. So I've really experienced this for many, many, many years. Mm -hmm. And especially as a speech pathologist who's working with people on communicating and looking at them and having to work with them and explain things to them about speech and communication and all of that and not have them be able to see me has been a tremendous deterrent for successful, successful outcomes. So interestingly enough, yes, the story that I had in mind, um, you know, maybe we'll take a break and then I'll, I'll talk about it when we come back. So yeah, that we'll, makes be right, sense. we'll be right back on Senior Straight Talk, sponsored by Active Pure Technology. All of Community Services is a 501c3 that provides culturally appropriate services to seniors, their family, and the community. Through their interactive programs, Olive engages participants physically and mentally with a focus on building strength, mobility, and mental health. To learn more, get involved, or make a donation, visit olivecs.org. Together, let's live, learn, and thrive. Phyllis Amon, owner of Phyllis Amon Associates, provides strategic solutions to families seeking care for their loved ones and coaches them to become more effective advocates. Her expertise comes from working in over 45 nursing homes. Phyllis, known for her passion, empathy, high-quality care standards, and quality life for older adults, is an experienced educator, speaker, and trainer. She's bridged the gap from healthcare to public and private sector businesses on topics from communication, caregiving, empathy, and novel approaches to team building and leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Senior Straight Talk with Phyllis Heyman. 
If you'd like to leave us a question or comment about our program, please feel free to email the host at phyllis at seniorstraighttalk.com. Now back to Senior Straight Talk. Welcome back to Senior Straight Talk. I'm having such a lively conversation here with Mike Williston about Badger, this real-time transcription uh, technology that's really phenomenal. And right before we went to break, I was going to say that I begin with this story. And um, especially since your father was talking about not communicating with doctors because Mm -hmm. he was afraid. And people do have a fear of communicating with doctors for whatever reason. And they have this idea that doctors are on this other level and they're maybe reluctant to ask questions or depending on the doctor's demeanor, afraid. Uh, depending on whether they're in a hospital or a nursing home, sometimes doctors are very rushed, by the way. So they're, they're only there for a few minutes and they say what they say and nobody has time to listen to anything. They're, they're, they're here and they're out. So one of the uh, situations that always struck me is that we have many uh, doctors and healthcare workers that are from other countries. But it just... Uh, sticking with the doctor situation for a moment. So many of them come from other countries. And if English is not their first language, they have a decided accent. And um, some accents are thicker than others and more difficult to understand than others, especially depending on how the person, their rate of speech and how they choose to deliver it and all of that. And, um, very often a doctor enters a person's room in a, in a nursing home. They're either in bed or they're sitting in a wheelchair. So the person is standing up and the other, the, the listener is seated or in bed. That already creates a dynamic, a control dynamic and a disparity, which could impact the person's willingness or comfort, comfortability in speaking up to a doctor and asking questions. And so I've seen it many times where the person doesn't ask any questions and the doctor has a decided accent and maybe an accent that's so thick that sometimes I may have difficulty understanding. And so I've seen situations where then, you know, this, this, this patient or resident decides to react in a certain way. And then there's a lot of finger pointing going on about the person's behavior. And then there's a domino effect that goes from there that usually ends up with some prescription medication. That's uncalled for because nobody yes. really looked at what the what the root cause of the problem was, which was a communication problem. Yeah, and it, it starts with communication and it can end with communications. And just from running a few of our pilot programs, um, some of the, the cool things that we have found is that when somebody is wearing closed captions, that they tend to speak more clearly because they know they are being captioned. So voice technology is, uh, is, is a great uh, great use, and it's here to stay. It's only going to get better. Um, people with accents um, can donate their voice, and a ton of people are working on it. So we're excited to be innovating in this space and being able to provide captions for people. And I just think that um, it, it just it, it allows for a patient and a doctor to to build that empathy and that inclusion, and really really drive home the message that they they're trying to say. The reality is that there are studies about empathy and doctors being more empathetic and communicating in a more empathetic way. Doctors may think they don't have time for it, but it actually improves uh, patient outcomes and Mm -hmm. um, 
compliance and also reduces uh, malpractice uh, claims. So I think it would behoove, there are many studies about this. So it would behoove doctors to want to be more empathetic and be more communicative. I can't imagine that anybody wouldn't want to anyway. So this is just fascinating. And I had asked you if there were any plans to, to make the device so that it's audio as well, because there are people who may not be able to read or their vision mm-hmm. impaired, or they have memory impairments and they don't remember how to read or they can't recognize words or they've had strokes or whatever the situation is. Yeah, currently Badger 1 doesn't have audio. Um, again, if you if uh, you remember, we were first solving the hearing impaired and deaf and then realized that we could take it a step further for um, translations. Um, but with all of the feedback that we are getting, um, providing audio would be a great tool. Um, we do have workarounds. So again, Badger is connected to the phone via Bluetooth. So we have an application on the doctor's personal uh, uh, phone. So therefore, if we really wanted to, we could implement audio through the phone. Um, That's not the best scenario because, again, uh, the idea of being able to put captions on people is all about accessibility and being able to have captions on the person when they need it most. It's for a nurse to be able to come in and say, hi, how are you? Not leave the room, abandon your patient, go find the app, go find the (laughs) iPad, what floor is it on? And then the next thing you know, they're in another room and they forgot to communicate the message and they leave that patient alone, scared and fearing for the life. So that is the whole idea is accessibility and being able to have captions when you need it most. Um, Who knows? Maybe Badger 2 will have audio. Uh, Only time will tell. So interestingly enough, as you're saying, uh, saying all of this, I'm thinking of a scenario that I witnessed just a couple of weeks ago when I was covering in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say believe it or not, but because communication seems like it's fundamental. I mean, it's a no brainer. So mm-hmm. obviously for the doctor or nurse that's coming in is going to tell the person, here's your medication or the doctor asking questions. How do you feel? Or, or a therapist coming in or a social worker, whomever. Right. Yep. But um, I witnessed a couple of situations and I, I was really kind of surprised. Uh, So I would say that a lot of training has to go into helping people understand that they should be communicating verbally uh, with a patient when they come into a room. So this is what I witnessed. I was sitting at bedside working with a person who was laying in his bed. Um, The person, he was verbal. He had had a stroke, but he was pretty, uh, pretty verbal. And uh, so it was about three o'clock. So it was a shift change. And this uh, certified nurse aide came in. So she clearly was there to take his temperature. She, uh, I was sitting on the person's right side in a chair. She leaned over me, uh, leaned into the person laying in the bed. He was reclined. Um, I'd say maybe he was up about 30 or 40, 30 degrees, maybe reached Mm -hmm. over, put the thermometer on his head, looked at it, said 97 point whatever, and turned around and walked out. So I, my reaction was, oh my goodness. Now this guy was fairly alert, but suppose it was somebody who wasn't. And suppose it was somebody who was confused or didn't recognize this person or didn't really know where they were. And even if it was somebody who knew, 
the fact that she didn't say, hi, Mr. So-and-so, it's, I'm here today. I don't know if he knew her from before or not. Have no idea. Doesn't matter. Maybe saw the day before. Maybe didn't remember who it was and said, I'm here to take your temperature. I'm going to put this on your forehead. And, um, but none of that happened. So I would say that people have to be educated about communication even yeah. before they get to transcription, it seems like a no-brainer, but there are people who aren't aware. And maybe they're doing these things routine or automatically, and they're not thinking, they're not even thinking of the person as a person, really. They're just thinking of the task they have to do. Of course, yeah. And everybody's busy in a hospital, nursing home, you name it. Um, so sometimes the, the hardest things are the simplest, like just a simple hello. I mean, there's, a, I mean, just think about the, the most recent party where you're the first to walk in and just clearly say hello to everybody. Right. I mean, typically not. I mean, there, there are people that are shy and sometimes nurses and doctors, they might just be shy. They might want to just get in and out. They might not want to get held up with a conversation. Um, there's a lot of things. I mean, it, it's not as simple as it looks. So um, we're hoping that our device will at least bring awareness to the fact that communication could be the problem to a lot of uh, the things that are happening. So we hope to, to increase the awareness. Yeah, I think that's, uh, it's, it's groundbreaking and, and can be potentially barrier breaking. Because like you say, bring awareness to communication in general, which would be fantastic. And uh, like you say, it's not just for doctors and nurses and, and healthcare workers and therapists, social workers, whoever is working in those environments, uh, it extends to the community. There are so many people who, like you say, there are people who didn't even know you were hearing impaired. And people mm -hmm. have a tendency, they don't want to look foolish or have anybody think that they don't understand for a variety of reasons. Maybe they just shake their head yes or no. Yep. And um, and I'm guilty of that. I mean, I, I went uh, almost my entire high school, well, my entire life without uh, accepting the fact that I had a hearing loss due to the stigma that comes with it. Um, so that's one of the biggest problems too, is um, hearing losses tend to be uh, an older disease. As you get older, you tend to lose your hearing. Um, and then the number of reasons having these big hearing aids in. So um, uh, just not to backtrack, but a quick story of my hearing journey, so to speak, is uh, when I was younger, I would get like 50% of the conversation, but I've learned how to survive. So I would go to the front of the room. I would make sure I'm always looking at the person in the face. If you're talking to me, I would make an effort to make sure that I'm there. These were just survival things that I picked up because I had to. Um, and so I'm aware of when I could tell if people aren't understanding what I'm saying and just from their body language. So not everybody was, uh, so yes, I had a disability, but it also turned out to be, um, almost an advantage because I've learned how to communicate a little bit better. I've learned how to, uh, speak to somebody and get my message across because I know I struggle with it. But with that being said, um, you just want to always kind of be aware of the fact that, um, there could be just a disconnect in the simplest form in communication. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say that, uh, as you said, there are many people who didn't, didn't know uh, mm -hmm. that you had a hearing impairment, that I, I think it's, um, there are many people who don't have hearing impairments that are still very visual. So I'm thinking of myself 
when I go to uh, the movie theater, yep. if there's someone sitting in front of me and I can't see the, the person who's speaking on the screen, if I can't see them, I have a diffi- more difficult time understanding them. I'm very visual. Even though my hearing is perfectly fine, it's been tested many, many times through the yep. years. But I'm a very visual Visual learner. I I love that you brought that up because I have this theory and um, I believe captions can help everyone. So um, like you said, some people are visual learners. I'm absolutely a visual learner. Uh, I would much rather um, after we're talking, I'd always say, can you please just send an email so I can read about it? Because that's how I learn. So people learn in different ways. Some people learn by listening. Some people learn by doing. Some people learn by reading. So uh, Badger allows you to use all your senses. You're listening, you're reading, you're looking at the facial expression because it's uh, the captions are right on the person's chest. So it, it, it's a number of things. And uh, to your point of the movies, um, there's a stat that 80% of people that use closed captions don't have a hearing loss. And that I believe is for better comprehension. They want to know what is being said. So being able to listen and read and watch all at the same time, you're using all of your senses that's what Badger can help and bring to the world in real time. That's interesting that you're saying that because as I'm, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking like people say, oh, why didn't you get this book on audio? Why don't you listen to more books while you're driving? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not that I can't hear it. It's not yep. that I don't understand it. I do better when I'm reading it. When I am yep. a, a much more visual person, a visual yep. learner. So I'm, yeah. I, it's almost like it's too fleeting. It comes and it goes, and yep. um, it, it's not as effective for me. So Oh, oh for sure. And uh, I love audiobooks. I, I do listen to them in the car, but if I had a, a perfect scenario, and I do do this at home, I listen to a book and I read along. Oh, wow. That's my, yeah, that is my favorite way to read because I like to listen and hear someone else speak it, but I like to follow along as I go. So that, uh, and, and also I like to buy books physically because I like to put them up. They're like, yes. trophies, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a mix of all of that. But when I'm at home, my ideal way of reading is I listen to an audiobook and I read along and um, that's the best way I could comprehend it. Mm. That's interesting because, um, so I'm curious about that, even though that's getting a little bit away from the conversation about Badger, but mm-hmm. when somebody is speaking it, there's only one book that I've really gotten on audio. Um, then you'd have to be a pretty fast reader to keep up with the speed of the speech in the audio book, I would assume. Um, yeah, but I mean, some audio books, they, uh, they get animated, so they change their voices. It's almost like storytelling. So oh, okay. uh, for the, yeah, for the most case, um, it, it goes, it goes pretty, pretty fast. I, I mean, maybe I'm a fast reader. I always thought I was a slow reader, um, but um, it, it works out pretty well with me. And, and it's not necessarily that maybe I'm reading every single word. It's more of when I'm listening and if I don't hear it correctly, it fills in the blanks. Uh-huh. So, so that's again with captioning and Badger to bring it back on topic is the fact that um, you might hear 90% of the conversation but you can glance down at the captions to fill in those blanks that you might miss. And whether that be for people that have hearing loss or even those who speak a different language, I mean, I don't speak a different language, so I can't speak to it, but I always like one of the things that I always ask is like, 
do you think in your native language or do you think in English? Like, I'm always curious of how the brain works. So it's always a fun conversation to, to ask somebody that speaks a different language. So how would the person who's wearing the badger, um, is there, how would they indicate that they wanted to be translated into Urdu, for example, as opposed mm-hmm. to Italian? Yep. So currently you have to actually operate it through the app. Uh, eventually, since it is all about being hands-free, it's a wearable device. Uh, we want to implement a command called Hey Badger. It's similar to your Google, Alexa, and Siri, where you can say, Hey Badger, translate Spanish. Hey Badger, translate uh, to English and vice versa. Um, right now, some of the pilots, we are working on user experience. So say a Spanish patient comes into a hospital in the United States, uh, the nurse and doctor doesn't speak Spanish. They'll say, hey, Badger, Spanish. So right now, some of our pilots were, were experimenting with what makes the most sense. Should we have Badgers available for that patient? Should um, that patient have access to download our app? and they could use their phone? Um, should we uh, make it so Badger can understand whatever language is being spoken, so the input of the language, and then comes out into a certain language? So a lot of these fun things that we get to innovate and, uh, and, and test out during these pilots, and we're excited to uh, share results as soon as possible. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to hear about them. So I have another question based on that, which is, uh, let's say Dr. X has patient Y that comes however often, mm-hmm. um, can it be programmed so that when that patient has that appointment, that badger is already programmed to translate into that person's language? That is an interesting idea. Um, I feel like, yes, it you can have to be pay done. Me for the, wait, Justin, <laughs> you have to pay me for that idea. Wait a minute, yeah. I give away too many of my ideas. <laughs> Just letting you know. Yeah, yeah um, that's an interesting idea. Um, I, I, uh, I can see how it can work. Uh, definitely would need some back-end software to uh, like recognize it. Maybe you could sync it with your CRM. Like Maybe if you have a calendar and somehow the calendar alerts the badger to know like, hey, uh, a Spanish-speaking patient's coming in, switch to Spanish. Um, will that be available sometimes uh, soon? I don't think so. Right. Yeah, that's down the road. It's, it's a very cool idea. But um, like, like, like the great thing about badger is um, the people that have uh, shown support so far, uh, we've been innovating kind of in stealth mode uh, for some some time now. So uh, we just launched on startengine.com. Uh, it's called Badger by Satellite Displays. Um, and uh, if you want uh, the viewers, uh, you guys can take a look at it and check out our video. It's really awesome. Um, but it's great. Ever since we launched, it was like our coming out party and getting all of these uh, these inquiries and this support and um, hearing the number of stories um, where they saw like Badger could have helped. And right. I've always thought and knew in my gut Badger could help, but it's taken us kind of a good amount of time to, to really release it and just seeing the validation and seeing all the support and hearing all of these stories where Badgers could have helped these folks is just amazing. And it's, and it's the reason why we wake up every morning and continue what we're doing. And uh, we have a great team on staff with engineers, uh, my co-founder, Pierre Sprague, and, um, and Russ Hearn. Um, we're just so excited about what we're doing here. Um, and uh, we want to keep going. 
uh, and, and I can't wait for, for you to keep going and to really expand. Uh, and before we, we go, I, I do want to give you a chance to tell listeners again how they can find out about Badger. But I just want to say one more thing when we're talking about appointments, that obviously it's not only for the doctor or the healthcare worker, but the receptionist. <laughs> I mean, obviously yep. they're the first point of contact. <laughs> right? I, I, lo- I, I love that you brought it up. Um, we're, we're excited about um, uh, we're going to hopefully run a QI uh, with a healthcare uh, provider. And um, one of the first pilots that we will start is, uh, I suggested the receptionist. Right. Um, so I said, we want to get people because the idea of putting captions on, on people in real time is such a new and novel idea um, that pe- people don't understand it yet. So the first person they see is the receptionist. So being able to have the receptionist take their badger off of them and dock it right on the desk it's going to be a great uh, first step. So I believe the pilot's going to start um, like a month or so just mm-hmm. on the receptionist's desk. Mm-hmm. Now that's terrific. So before we go, I want you to tell listeners again how they could find out about Badger or get in touch with you if you'd like people to and find out more information. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we currently lost uh, launched a uh, Start Engine uh, campaign. And if you guys aren't familiar with what Start Engine is, uh, it's equity crowdfunding. So you have the opportunity to purchase shares in our company. Uh, it's called the Reg CF, um, and we're excited. So you go to startengine.com. Uh, you can search Badger by satellite displays, and it will come up. Um, or you can visit us at um, our website, which is satellitedisplay.com. Um, and you can uh, fill out our form, uh, and I will get back to you. Um, with any of your questions, comments, uh, concerns, uh, happy to talk. Um, as you can tell, I love this uh, topic and um, all the support uh, is, is greatly appreciated. Well, I can say that that's 100% true because that's how I met you. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Yeah, I was and, told about the device and I went and I emailed and you responded. So I can, I can attest to the fact that if people email you through that form, that you will definitely respond to them. Absolutely. Um, we're, we're improving communication. So uh, uh, as you can tell, I'm a communicator. <laughs> I, I, I will definitely respond um, one way or the other. And um, uh, especially for those who are in support of Badger. So. Well, thanks so much, Mike. It's been fascinating. And as I said at the beginning, especially from the perspective of a speech and language pathologist who's been advocating for years how to provide bedside translation to bridge the gap between hospital patients, nursing home residents, physicians, nurses, healthcare workers, therapists. So I can't, I can't wait till this goes into more widespread use, use from the healthcare perspective, but certainly in communities at large, I think it'll be terrific. So before we go, I want to thank again, my new sponsor, Active Pure Technology and Active Patent Technology, that is the clear air solution for COVID pollution while you share and occupy spaces with others. Please join me on the next episode of Senior Straight Talk for more informative conversations for the senior years of our lives. This is Phyllis Amon signing off. And please remember to like, click and share the episodes. And until next time, stay safe, stay well, and stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Senior Straight Talk. Join your host, Phyllis Amon, again soon for another episode on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or your favorite podcast platforms.